0: Good evening everyone, welcome to the Longgang Kiris. Down here, I am your host, John Wang, the most handsome among all of us. Oh, we also have uh, Dan Wong, uh, he's a good citizen. We have uh, Angie, if hey I'm you. not touching your wife, I'm wasting my life, Neil. <laughs> Fuck you, John. I hate it when
1: you introduce me, man. Fuck off, man. So annoying.
0: And then we have our recurring guest, Saifu. Hey, Saifu, how you doing, man? Kuching Kuraab. How are you, how you doing, Saifu?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I still have a home, not a refugee. <laughs> not a refugee, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh, for this week, we are talking about sovereignty of a nation uh, with regards to refugee. So the refugee crisis that we are seeing all happening all over the world now, how should
3: countries uh, deal with this particular crisis. Okay, okay, but before we begin today's episode on refugees, c- can we mention that we have got sponsors for this podcast?
1: Yes,
0: please. Yeah,
3: so these people are paying us so that the podcast will, will happen and you know, it's none other than the Ministry of Education.
1: Thank you, MOE.
3: Thank you, MOE. What? John, thank, thank our sponsors, please.
0: We don't have
3: sponsors. Is this part of a
1: joke?
0: Am I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
1: okay, okay, the okay, joke okay, is okay. you, John. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This podcast brought to you by the Ministry of uh, uh, Education. Anyway, uh, you know what? Forget about it. Forget it. It's, it's not this. This joke is not holding. Let's let's let's, let's jump back to, no, to what I actually. already it's really, it's
0: really it's really terrible. How how's
1: it related? Huh? Yeah. But by the way,
3: then you also don't know. Then you, NG, then I'm just
1: you, helping you with his joke. I
3: yeah, know. but it's terrible. You, keep you, playing you also don't know.
1: know. I will, I will always back that up. No,
3: the point. The point. The point is that we have a sponsor, and then. We say things that are entirely against what our sponsor wants. Do you, do you guys understand? That's the whole, whole point.
1: Shouldn't it be MFA though? Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Okay,
3: this podcast sponsored by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Protecting your borders do. so you not. don't have to. We are fucking not. Ah, it's not me? We are not. I oh, thought it was. Then the, email, the email that we received last night. I from, think maybe
1: you gonna hack eh. Oh. You know recently our healthcare system also gonna hack. Maybe you oh also going hack.
3: They're so, they're so relevant <laughs> 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 Maybe we should be talking about uh, the... Uh, yeah yeah hey, okay, okay just to quickly quickly segue. Just to quickly to quickly segue, what can you do with NRIC, telephone number, address,
1: loan shark,
2: shark. Is is is, is it all though? Yeah, you can get 1.5 million loan sharks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Imagine just take one thousand dollars per loan shark, you get a lot of money already. Yeah, and then people million. have like
1: random pickheads at their houses. By
0: the way, I just realized something about loan sharks. So if you were to do- borrow a thousand dollars from them, right, they won't actually give you a thousand. They'll give you like I don't know, like eight hundred or seven hundred. Oh, is it? They'll charge you the interest upfront. Oh. And then they give you the remainder, oh. and then you have to pay the interest on a weekly basis thereafter.
1: How do you know this, John? Because
0: one of my partner's employee was caught borrowing from loan sharks, and then the loan shark came to the workplace to demand money from the other employees. So we had no choice but to let go of the offending employee. What he did was he actually showed us the entire history of the of the of the conversation to of course to prove that he did loan money to this lady. Then I met, there was some back and forth, and throughout this interaction, I found out that loan shark have this very particular way of doing things. Ah, yeah, so yeah, interesting, right? Interesting. It sounds like a very bad deal, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking uh, awful.
1: Any, nobody goes to a loan shark for a good deal, then. Yeah, <laughs> In case you didn't know that already.
0: <laughs> but loanshark will pretty much lend money to anyone. That that is actually quite a unique thing about them. But um discriminatory. Yeah, no yep. yeah, they're not they're like
1: Actually isn't that great? They're equal opportunities. Yeah, they're like <laughs> the,
0: They're like the <laughs> ultimate SJWs, right? Yeah, you <laughs> It's all inclusive. Like we don't care if you're rich. Mostly <laughs> no, you
1: on the yeah. far left end, man. Yeah.
3: The conspiracy theory in my head still stands though. Like, I feel like the damage that you can do by taking somebody's information, just this very basic information, allows them to do something, something that I am not aware of. I just don't know what. I was wondering whether any of you had, had any knowledge on what you can do with this damning information.
0: Well, back to the topic of <laughs> refugees. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to. Coming back original to, topic. Yeah, we're like five minutes deep into this <laughs> okay, podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. About <laughs>
3: just to just to frame it right. If you yeah. want to go back to refugees, right? Mm-hmm. Can you give our audience or at least me like an example of a refugee crisis, a current refugee crisis that is not the Rohingya?
0: Basically, what's happening in Europe right now? Currently in Europe, right, the the EU bloc is just basically saying that we have this mi- this many amount of uh, refugees or migrants in our in our within our borders. And we want more. And what we're going to do is... Uh, not to,
1: the EU, but like just certain countries within the EU.
0: I mean the EU as a bloc. Yes, as a bloc. As block. in like within Brussels itself has like so-called the governing organization. It has actually imposed like quotas on individual EU nations to accept X amount of refugees or else. I mean, that's one of the crises that I had in mind when I was writing this, this particular topic. lah.
1: And the other thing about the whole EU thing is also the fact that um southern countries are much harder hit, well, not harder hit, but more affected by the whole refugee situations than other countries. So, for example, you know Angela Merkel has been one of the people who are like, "Oh, let's open our borders." You know, uh, in the past, the the whole policy about accepting refugees uh, has led to a lot of refugees trying to cross the oceans, trying to get into Europe. And so, what happens is that a lot of the countries that have that their coastlines are nearer to wherever these refugees come from they kind of bear the brunt of the incoming refugees so for example places like greece or italy they have had a lot of incoming people to the point where you know they can't even manage it anymore
3: is what what is it, what what element makes you so interested in this
1: i think The the problem about the refugee, right, is the fact that we have to think about nations and borders and also then on the flip side, as a citizen, what are you entitled to within your own country? Uh, And if you're not a citizen from this country, what are you entitled to? So, for example, for the normal migration kind of thing, you know, you have to go through checks and visas and like, you know, background checks and this and that. Whereas, if you are a refugee, right? I mean, unless you're a political refugee, but if you're just someone like fleeing from, say, war, war or uh, natural disaster, what help should nations give to these people? What is our responsibility? What are, what is the responsibility of nations to help these people who, in through no fault of their own, um, living really difficult lives, and you know, what is the responsibility? So, because I myself have very conflicting feelings about this as well, from the point of view that, hey, okay, in Singapore, we, we don't really accept refugees,
3: right? We we reject that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
0: reje- no, we, uh, we, Singapore is a no refugee it's policy. It's like leave them
1: to die. You just die yeah, fucking. We actually carried business. out that
0: policy. Okay, let's just boil down this topic to its very core aspect. I'm gonna each, ask each of y'all a question. And it's a very simple yes and no question uh, once again. Okay? <laughs> so but this one it will be quite simplistic lah. <laughs> la. Okay, we have a boat full of people they've arrived on our shores or near to our shores and then they are demanding asylum or being accepted as refugees. Okay? Doesn't matter what the reasons are, like it's just this boat full of people. Okay, they just like come like within like fifty kilometers of our shores and then they are saying, uh, let us in or we will jump overboard. Yes or no.
1: Yes or no to what? To letting to, them to in? To letting them in. Uh, but letting them in into a, a detention center or like, like so a, into the nation I think for bars?
0: for most countries in the world they will have some sort of detention center. Refugee center. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like a so-called uh, an area where they hurt all these people in as a holding cell heard for the time. all these made. people in. Yeah. We will use that as a baseline.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. So do we let them in or do we say no we are not going to let you in? Um, I would
2: say yes. And, and I would say yes because we've done it before. Okay. So in the 70s and 80s, we did have refugees center in Sembawang. Hawkins Road, I think was the name of that refugee. And it was, it's still documented as one of the better, uh, UNHCR centers, even though it was in the 90s, 70s and 80s. Um, so we've done it and I think we can do it again. All right. The rest of you guys?
1: I would say yes.
2: By the way, feel free to
0: qualify your answer, like what Saifu did.
1: I mean, I would say yes, but I don't know if I would let... Uh, depending on the situation, uh, because you mentioned that you don't know where these people come from, so, like, I think...
0: I mean, uh, you can insert whatever reason or whatever nation state that you want. The yeah. the point that I'm making is not so much, like, where are they from. I don't think that particularly matters. Like, they're just claiming they want to be refugees. Yeah, of yeah. course.
1: But, like, for me, uh, I, the, there is a real distinction be- between people who are fleeing from war zones and people who are coming in uh, pretending to be refugees and trying to claim refugee status mean, You can
0: can insert like uh, Rohingya Muslim refugees in this particular situation.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, of course I'll take them in. Okay, then
3: I say yes, but for a a reason that is not very noble because I see a business opportunity.
1: (laughs) How so? I'm intrigued.
3: Well, desperate people will always... when a desperate person approaches you you have the power so then you can I'm not saying that you cannot be humane and I'm coming in from the the aspect of a benevolent dictator but you can always make people work and contribute to to certain aspects of society or to the running of a nation
0: are you gonna hire okay so let's say you are the government are you gonna hire them personally
3: Oh, 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 definitely we will train them Equip them with the right skills And hire them for certain jobs That let's say Are, 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 are perhaps dangerous Or perhaps Singaporeans Doesn't want to do You know what You need to cut this out right now Because I, I feel like I hate myself all of a sudden Oh my goodness What am I thinking like this It must be my Chinese side But anyway the answer is yes
0: okay. <laughs> So for me the answer is no uh, I don't care where they are from But I will not accept any of them okay, Are you um,
3: speaking as a Singaporean? Are yes. you? Okay this I'm, is Singapore right? Yeah okay, I'm yeah. not
0: even like talking about Me being part of the government Or whatever I'm just like a regular citizen and I'll tell you the reason why. It's because if we were to say yes this time round, then there'll be more boats coming in. Like they'll just like our, our shores will just be flooded with boats from here on out. Like it just we will declare open season upon the shores of Singapore and then no matter what, right, there'll be people coming in, they'll be claiming they are Rohingya, they'll be claiming that I'm running away from wars, and then you get a boat full of men who have who doesn't speak the language, have no educational background, probably no work experience either. And they will just be flooding your shores, and then they will threaten to jump over the boats, and then you just okay. We have to pick them up now. So really, it's a form of it's, it's, to me, it's a it's of form of like reverse terrorism. Right? It's like, or if you don't, or I should say, like uh you know, like you have those like psycho ex boyfriend or girlfriends who threaten to kill themselves if you break out with them, and then you constantly go go back to this psycho ex, right? They are the psycho ex. they they, they keep threatening to kill themselves. And then you just keep going back to them. And then
3: when they kill themselves, right, then the parents, you, you caused my daughter's death! And they'll point to you.
0: Yeah, I know. But then if, if we do it once, right, like if if I were to... I just
1: interject here to say that if you go back to a psycho ex, you're also psycho yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, th- I mean, that, that sort of like proves my point, right? If you pick up these people, then you are the psycho yourself. Because like there'll be more of them coming in.
1: I'm not agreeing then, with you that they are cycled. I'm just sort of saying that, you know...
0: Regardless, right the the point that, the point is that the moment you let these people in more of them will come more of them will just adopt the same tactics and then now you're in a conundrum right them if you do them if you don't
2: now i think i think that is when we see them only coming to singapore as alone you know, the, the island state singapore because the eu decides to take refugees as a block and i think that is something that maybe the asean countries are not thinking hard enough to Negotiate the the whole refugee because we do have a refugee situation in ASEAN itself, or I mean in Southeast Asia, and most of them are, I think, right now based in Malaysia. Uh, UNHCR has a, has a space there, and they have refugee schools and all that. I think the one in Aceh or Indonesia, they were working on it, but it might be they might be phasing it out soon. I I think if we do have a refugee situation near our borders and people are coming to Singapore, I think we should take them in. But whether they'll be placed in Singapore, a detention singer, center in Singapore, will they be assimilated back to the society is something that we really need to think through mean, with other nations. I mean, it's just a five-hour bus ride from Singapore to KL. So if we take them in and then we put them on a bus and like send them to an UNHCR um, center in KL, I think it makes a lot of sense yeah, than leaving know, them out to kind of, I don't know, float out at sea. The, the problem with yeah. that line of thinking right, is that if you were to adopt the humanitarian
0: approach and say that, you know what, we'll bring you in, then at the same time, you cannot just force them out whenever it's inconvenient for you to, to, to retain them. You can't just kick them off to some detention center when your people, when your when you're voting block, right? Or when during your next election cycle, you decide, hey, you know what, these people are, are just like fucking inconvenient right now. We're going to move them away despite their wishes you know what i'm saying no
2: but that's a thing i i don't think we are moving them away i think we should come up with a system of helping picking up people who are floating out at sea and i mean do we need to wait till the situation where we see a uh, like a, a kid or a Rohinian kid lying lifeless at changi beach before we decide that hey actually it's 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 it is less we are lesser humans for not helping them out Yeah, so so that's the
1: question, right? Are we we lesser humans for not helping them out?
0: But there's, okay, there's another aspect of this that I also want to address, okay? My point of view is that we are not lesser human if we don't help them out. I think it's it's better in the long run for the general wealth and well being, I'm sorry, health and well being, right, of the particular group of people if if we were not to accept them. So what happens when you accept them, right? It creates, like, what Dan said, a business opportunity. So we will start to see uh, human trafficking. We will start to see people smugglers. They will start to bring them in under the guise of, you know, like okay, we are refugees and whatever. And then it's impossible to discern one group for the from the other. It's 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 not it's not up to like a nation right to determine. Where do we draw the line in, in these kind of cases? like the, the refugee crisis in, in Europe right now was sparked by the photo that you just mentioned. There, there's been so much human trafficking, there's so much like a uh, death and destruction that, that, that people have to face just getting to a certain destination because they, they see it, they see this bright light at the end of the tunnel. more people have been sacrificed right trying to get to this light right now because they see it as their way out. Conversely, if they have just closed the gates from the from the beginning, then they then they have to find some other avenue, and they have to win, seek help elsewhere. Now more more people are dying as a result of trying to get there than if they were going somewhere else. Yeah,
2: and I think okay, if we we just kind of zoom, zoom it down to the Rohingya refugee crisis, there is there is other opportunities, of course. Uh, Bangladesh is holding a lot of them, um, and, and I think. Right now, there's even communication in terms of with the Myanmar authorities in terms of how they can go come back. But that all said, I think, honestly, the way, I mean, you said, I mean, you mentioned the idea of like having business opportunities. I think a few years back, it was already clamped down. There were, there were Thai smugglers and, and who were bringing people from Rohingya, the, the, the first kind of wave of like, the Rohingya boat people. I think that happened, um, three, four years ago. And they, 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 they found out it was actually people were smuggling these people across. And yes, you're right. No, there would be business opportunities. But what I really feel is that if we are to recognize ourselves as a block of nations, we should be taking care of these issues and coming up with a system. Okay. We cannot, de- we cannot stop people from say, fleeing out when they feel danger i think that that is something humanly natural like you know if you're in danger you'll try to flee but the question is that if they do flee are we gonna help them out or are we gonna punish them for fleeing
1: okay so yeah before we get into that i'll just do like a semi-magical moment here of my own right go ahead go ahead let's say uh, singapore is there's been a tsunami that hit singapore some neighbouring nation was like well let's just hit them while they're down and like invade this country okay I know this will ther- theoretically never ever happen probably hopefully it's
3: okay it's your okay. hypothetical so all Singaporeans
1: country. we are all like oh fuck this shit we need to get out we need to go somewhere would you stay or and fight and fight the waters as well or would you leave uh, as a refugee and seek out new new greener pastures with your family <laughs> this
0: situation is really <laughs> fucking <laughs> You but, might as well ask me if there's a zombie apocalypse or whatever. No, like, but
1: yeah. like, oh, I mean, for a lot of refugees, it is the, that is I don't their, think any
0: refugees are like hit by tsunami and then just like, or just no, on the like, tail end of the tsunami and then just get invaded. Okay, but, 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 like,
1: You're just in a very shitty, terrible situation. Let's say it's war. Okay, war.
0: Yeah, if, okay. If it's, for me, it's very different. If it's war, then of course I'll fight. I'll stay and fight. I'm a, I'm a citizen soldier. It's very different, right? I, I, I'm not, I, I cannot insert myself into the situation of all these people. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, okay, to answer your question is, yes, I will stay, I will not, I will not run.
2: I, I'm not a citizen soldier, but I am st- still serving my reservist as uh, part of a rescue team. So, rescue battalion. And I would serve my time, I mean, serve the nation maybe, you know, because there will be a lot of casualties and all that. So, I will do that. But only because I I realize that there will be people around. And, yeah, so I will not choose to leave.
1: How about you then?
3: I, I, I can't allow anybody to take my way of life away from me forcefully. I just can't. Wow.
0: I, think, I think your question right is not at all relevant to the particular context. I think the the pro- okay, so it's not that I'm unsympathetic to like the Rohingyans or the Syrians or whatever. I think for them, right, their situation is very different from just a like a very simple invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the Persecution. Rohingi-
1: oh, let's say, like, okay, Chinese uh ch- your your race of people are being persecuted in Singapore. Suddenly, there was like...
0: oh Okay, the, okay for for your scenario to work, right? Yeah. Is we have to be, first of all, invaded, and then we are persecuted. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I
3: think that's... Okay, then,
1: well, just, let's just go yeah. with that then.
3: Okay, but, but, but you're, you're trying to say, like, if we are... If yeah, we have if no we choice a situation yeah. where you feel like there's right.
1: no hope, your home is yeah, destroyed... then
0: I'll, I'll be a rebel, or as the government will brand me a terrorist. <laughs> so, yes.
1: <laughs> you would fucking fight with the... I'll fight is. tooth
0: and nail, man. How about
1: a, you then?
3: The Rohingya are fighting as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are are, some yeah. fighting w- Rohingya, right?
1: Would you fight right? or
3: would you stay? I just can't let uh, anybody take away my of? way of
2: life so forcefully. I, I really like it, like what I'm doing now. I can't allow okay. anybody to How take it away you, from you. me. Yeah, I will stay, but not because of our way of life, nor am I, do I feel like soldier, because You're I would. A paramedic. No, no, I in like, if I if I, if I, if I find, if I find a space for me to serve, then I would serve. Basically, none of us are going to be refugees. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's really interesting. And actually what I, I was wondering if was when all oh, of you said no was that if our N S had anything to do with it, like oh, this. No, we've been brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, because it I mean because I think like that you have like some at least basic kind of survival and fighting skills, right? As compared to regular citizens of other countries who have not those skills nor the uh so called brainwashing to serve your nation and to protect your home and family okay.
2: so i managed to speak to a refugee in german he's a syrian he was in university when his family decided to flee syria to go in many, many different places and then now he's in berlin germany i doubt it was that it was that reason that he kind of left it was the fact that in his this story he told me that his friend was disappeared for a while Um, They couldn't find him. And then when they got got back, you ask, now, what happened to you for the last few weeks? And they say that, I'm not sure. I don't know. And then, like, you know, he seems scared. He seems like he's a totally different person. And then they talk about cities being blocked off and not given access to. It sounds like a very dystopian kind of, like, situation where if you stay, you will be either taken away from your family for a few weeks and kind of, like, tortured or whatever. And then places will be cut off from you. But you're supposed to live life as normal you know and and because of that situation it feels like am I the next person is this my, is my city going to be the next city because of that feeling they left yeah you know because it, it was that it was the uncertainty of like it, it's, yeah so if it if it was an all out war that means like you know it's clear and then some people would say like you know and we have access to say means to defend ourselves and all that then maybe yes but his family left really because he felt that the situation was, in a way, uncertain. And, and, if I stay, then if I'm subjected to this, then my, the rest of my life will be really bad because, yeah, but if it's, if, if I leave, then even it's uncertain because they don't know where they were going, but they, they are aware that it will not be like that. It is, it is, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a, it's a, I was trying my best to put myself in their position, but it's very difficult because the fact that journey they took was also arduous, you know, like it was tough to for them to make that journey and if to for someone to decide to make that journey that must be like that tipping point you know in terms of like the experience back home so for one thing i agree with you is that like i feel like singapore really cannot
3: handle refugees refugees on our own like we are really, literally just 40 by 30 kilometers apart like unless unless our neighbors help us out and then you know because i don't want to be unsympathetic to them as well and, and your approach right to be honest your approach is accept first then settle later I guess it's, it's doable, it's feasible, yeah. but only if, if our neighbours can help us out. If, if let's say right now, right, there is no system, this system that you're talking about, it yeah. cannot happen. Our neighbours are assholes. They will not help us dun, dun, out on dun. this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, then as, as painful as it is, right, even if it's the dead baby on the beach, kind of painful. Uh, it's, it's very hard for me to,
2: to, say, to say yes. Have you ever, guys, ever been to a foreign construction worker dormitory before? How many people we pack into a certain (laughs) space, and how many exactly, and how many how many we have set up in such short period of time. We also have uh, Mount Vernon, which is a space uh, specially dedicated to the Gurkha contingent in Singapore. So we've we've organized artificial populations in a sense, you know, within Singapore. But okay, I think to be fair, that situation you're
0: talking about is vastly different from unfiltered influx of people it's, it's, it's really like day and night difference like we've we to, we're talking about the, the construction workers and all that right is that a company has to take responsibility for them and then the, the the onus is on the company to go and register the various so-called red tape needed to bring them in and then at the end of the day it is the company's responsibility to maintain the the welfare of these people So the government is sort of called hands-free in this, right? They just sort of, okay, we just rubber stamp certain documents once they come into order, and then anything goes wrong, right? We have a finger to point at. You see, it's vastly different from the government now taking responsibility, trying to build up uh, systems, and and then trying to house these people, feed these people, clothe these people, and then after determining what they can or should do within our borders, and then what do we do with them if they don't fit in? Right What happens if we have some dude right that just refuses to to give up his own way of life? He thinks that you know I should have like four wives or whatever. you see like what what do we do with these people? We't We, can't, we, we also cannot just possibly remove him and then put him somewhere else or so on, right. I mean, these are fairly extreme examples, but from the point of view of a citizen such as myself, I, like, a more conservative point of view would just be that, okay, let's not deal with it to begin with. Let's not open the floodgates and then have these people come to our shores. I mean, as as unsympathetic as that sounds, right? You, if you are a citizen of your, of your particular country, you should stay there and either fight or rebuild your country. You see, like, you, you have to have loyalty somewhere. And then if you don't think that that's important, then what makes you think that I want to accept you to begin with? Like, if you have no values, then why come over here? You see?
2: I cannot accept you also. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. It's, we are imposing our values of the idea that we're supposed to stay and, and fight to them. It, like I said, I feel that if they were willing to kind of make that decision, then we need to understand from their perspective, like, you know, what, what was so terrible. And again, we have experience doing this. So the Hawking's Road Tension Center, we actually send people back to Vietnam because, you no know, things got better. I think we're also missing out one piece here, which is that there were people handling uh, refugees already so UNHCR has uh, working with you know say in, in Malaysia and all that so understanding the fact that we are not in it alone even if they come to Singapore we have UNHCR and we would have means to kind of understand like um how to vet them or uh, and the likes uh. of course I mean I, I, I agree that opening the floodgates would mean that no more people would come and I think that would be a natural phenomenon and this is what I think is facing uh, being faced in Europe but I think in the long run if we are supposed to see ourselves as a, a force for the betterment of the world, in that sense. Ah. I mean, if we are so happy to kind of host two world dictators, let's say two world dictators, <laughs> I mean, if we are so happy and, and under the guise of world peace, like, really, I ah, got to walk the talk. Ah. Like, really, if we are willing to host them, then we should be able to host people who are running away from war Sorry, or famine. Uh, we
1: only yes. want to host things that are glamorous. Uh, yeah, you know, so like I, wanna...
2: yeah, so I mean, I, I feel like really, if we, if we feel ourselves like a force for good in this world, then really got to put our money where.
1: I don't think Singapore has ever seen ourselves as a force for good. It's always been like just our struggle to survive in this cold, cruel world, staying relevant. Yeah, that, that's because the we're narrative, so tiny it, And yeah. we have no resources other than our humans. Yeah. I think Singapore is a example there are certain constraints just due to the fact that we are so fucking tiny right there is we are quite landlocked and there is only that many people you can squeeze on our island and preferably you would like all these people to be of a certain use to the country right kind of
3: at the risk of sounding like, like a like a, again a very bad person but is there any way to pressure the ultra rich into making the solution appear magically for Singapore how, how do you propose to do that, Dan?
1: Yeah, Dan. please give us a Dan's magical solutions. Okay,
3: so the ultra-rich in Singapore is merely like the one person. We always use this word one person.
1: Actually, more than one person, I think.
3: Right, right, right. But I'm, I'm talking about a select few group of people. That If you can have somebody, right, like a leader in Singapore, that's extremely charismatic, influential, and powerful. But not in the sense that he can punch your face kind of powerful, but he's just a very powerful person.
1: You mean Lee Loong is not there already?
3: <laughs> oh my god, if only the audience were here, you can see the furtive glances. Uh, I glance to you, you glance to me. Uh? <laughs> okay, so assuming this person exists, right? He goes down to, let's say, five, even five of the ultra rich, right? And five is not a lot, it's not a lot. It's, it's the fingers on one hand, right? And then he tells them, hey, you know, and he, he, by any means, through coercion, through appealing to their guilt, through appealing, through compassion, whatever, he persuades them to each fork out some, some money to 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 help maybe we can build a temporary Klong we can get good designers to do it you know we can set up a system where they can not enter our country but still receive food and aid while waiting for things to happen we can set up a system where they work for us whatever right the point is that whatever that we are doing tough as it may be it's not as dialat as what they are experiencing back home right? So, wouldn't that be a feasible solution if we let the rich pay for these people?
1: You mean like just take one of our the islands surrounding Singapore and like, you know, make it into a freaking detention camp lah.
3: Through the money of the rich. Through
1: the money. Like if I was yeah.
0: the rich, right, then my question will just be why should I do this? What's okay, the but the, the, chari- rich. Yeah, yes, the so charismatic person rich. who have
3: persuaded you, right? You're good, you're good. The charismatic persuasion, <laughs> either through sex, love, appealing to your base desires, appealing to your higher desires, he has already convinced you and he doesn't need to do all all of us, you know, I think, five people. I
0: think for this particular scenario to work, you have to give us the reason. Otherwise, right. I mean it's just, I mean mm-hmm
1: humanitarian like, reasons so. it can be any reason it
3: doesn't matter the point is that there's somebody able to do it I, you can even consider it a magic power I don't you care it's, breaks, it's, uh. a, it's a person who can do it it's a, convince 5
2: people to do it yeah convince Elon Musk I don't know <laughs> well, <laughs> I another mean, another like people
1: like Bill Gates are already donating your, their money to charity you know what I, I think
0: for this to work right they have to house their refugees inside their house Then after that they will know Okay like you can You can house all the Like you can use your wealth Right to go and house All the refugees that you want Like you go and talk big Like how Hollywood celebrities Keep harping on and on About Oh you know You gotta let the the Migrants You gotta let the Refugees go into Europe So and so forth But fucking If you're not Living in a neighborhood Filled with people Who fundamentally Have different values From you And then like, if you look on the streets of Europe right now, it's just a fucking hellhole. I mean, there's, there are people building tents on the side of the roads. There's just garbage everywhere. There's a, there's, there's crime that's rampant all over the fucking place. Hey John, John, just so, because I, 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 Yeah, I know. But if let's say, uh, you
3: are. Accepting refugees doesn't mean integration. I, 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 I mean, there's still segregation involved. Yeah, here. I know, but. As sad as it may sound. If
0: you, if you want to, if you want to be sanctimonious about this, right, then have them live in your house. Like go and go and deal with them on a daily basis. Don't don't go and let some other dude go and deal this problem for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they are there are those uh refugee workers, right? Like people from the host nation. Those refugee workers who who deal primarily primarily with this group of people, they have been attacked. They have been raped. Right, like this guy from Norway, he was raped by some uh, Somali fella. They're, they're, like, all these people, they're just like being exposed to, to danger all the time. I mean, this is not a, a problem that money can solve, right? John, I so, okay. just don't want to die in the
3: fucking sea! <laughs> okay, wait,
1: wait, wait. Okay, let's get away from that um conversation, because I don't think we are getting anywhere with that. And um, let's talk about uh what to do with re- refugees once they have come into your country, because the thing, the thing about it is that in Europe right now, there is a lot of tension everywhere, right? Like, you've heard of those music festivals where girls got molested, and of course, there's a lot of integrational problem, problems, and it's because the, the problem doesn't end, you know, I mean, okay, yeah, you accept them because you don't want them to float on the sea, but what happens after? Do you take them into your country and integrate them as citizens? Do you uh, provide for them and give them, like, houses to stay? Do you uh, give them some sort of work opportunity or training to integrate them to learn your language? So, I mean, yes, uh, there is that initial, like, do we let them float or do we let them die problem? But there's also the following problem of once they're in the detention camp, they can't stay there forever. And uh, I don't think... I mean, yes, we can pawn them off to KL or whatever, But even that has, like limits to their numbers so what do you do with these displaced people and um, how do you kind of integrate them into their new environments and stuff like that because one of the things that sparked uh, my interest or or further reignited my interest in this um, argument is actually this piece of article from the new york times uh, was about uh, in denmark there are new laws that are very harsh for immigrant ghettos So I don't know if you read this, Dan, because I pasted it into the group chat. (laughs) Dan doesn't
0: read anything from the
1: group chat. (laughs) Yeah, um, but one of the things, right, the people who are low-income immigrants living in a neighborhood that is described as a ghetto by the government, you will become a so-called ghetto parent and any children you will have is called a ghetto child. And starting from the age of one, ghetto children must be separated from their families for at least 25 hours a week not including nap time, for mandatory instruction in Danish values, including the traditions of Christmas and Easter and the Danish language. And non-compliance could result in a stoppage of welfare payments, whereas the natural Danish citizens, they are free to choose whether to enroll their kids in preschool up to the age of six. So effectively, what we have now in Denmark is that there are entirely new sets of laws for one set of uh, for for one set of people living in Denmark and then another set of laws for people who are say regular Danish citizens and all of these laws are heavily targeted at the muslim enclaves that have um, kind of sprung up within Denmark itself because of the just the numbers issue right once you have a large group of immigrants uh, whether they're refugees or immigrants, you know a lot of them are refugees uh, basically. They don't have to integrate into the larger society because they can form their own enclaves. They can you know, talk to each other in their own language. They don't have to learn Danish or English or whatsoever. Then their children also would do that stuff if they are not exposed to the wider community in uh, Denmark. So so there is quite a quite a big problem there uh, in terms of the actual integration of refugees after you have accepted them, right? You can't just let them fucking live in detention camps for the rest of their lives, correct? And because they don't stop having sex there, they they have children in detention camps, the population is increasing inside, and then you've got incoming refugees as well. So what do we do with them, really?
3: Silence. Jesus, tap dancing Christ. (laughs) This is so yeah. bad. I know, uh, right? Is it very cruel and inhumane of me to say that since you are a refugee, you have to abide our our by our laws yeah, or, or our conditions? Because whatever that we are doing for you will not be worse than whatever you are facing back in your country. Isn't that just classic oppression? Yeah, I know, yeah. right? It sounds like classic oppression to me, right? Oh so, no, I don't then. know, I don't know, man. But but no choice. So You're then how, your then, values? Then how do you want this Denmark? Then uh. How, how, the, the, the people of Denmark Danish the Danish thank you how, how, do, you, how do you want to do you want them to integrate then of course they have to they have to uh, put these uh, top to the bottom top to bottom measures to enforce these things you or know you there's no way the naturally you can close the gates but then. if you do that people will die out at sea or die out at wherever they'll die terribly so you, if
2: you, so you don't kill them but you just oppress them just shackle them to slavery
0: which is
3: better, guys? Please, please help me decide. No, I think better? it's... You know,
2: okay, you know, what I hear is beggars can be choosers. Uh, the, but like, you know, you're already like running away whatever you get, you know, you deal with it. And I think it's it's something weird that we, we we are assuming of of the refugees. And this is what I learned back in... when I was in Germany and meeting some of these refugees. Some of them are already established living in like cities and some of them are already like, you know, in professions and all that. So when they come into certain, I mean, new places, they are not... they are not all just... You know, lowly skilled, poor people and all that. They were already having, you know, their own lives back where they were and they are, they are moving into new places. It just needed opportunities to kind of, you know, reestablish themselves. So if I'm going honest with you, what you're
3: saying right now is the ideal yes yeah, yes of course
2: to. I know but I'm just also saying that there's so there's different type of refugees so are you right? saying
1: that we should like totally vet them and only accept the elites of no the I'm refugees? not saying that I'm
2: just saying that so it's realizing that they are human beings with their own sets of values and all that but also making them realize that to survive in this place that they they, they are deciding to kind of like be at is also requires them to appreciate that you know you're in a different new environment yeah of course I I I honestly believe that I'm I mean I've visited many places around the world. Everywhere I go, I will try to say hello or good morning or whatever. You know, in India, in the native language, because I realize that you know it's important to appreciate that I'm in a different space altogether, and then to respect their customs, the way they eat, and all that, not to impose myself. I think this is some. It's almost like a refugee education kind of thing. You know, you need to do. Yeah, not to kind of impose the values, but to make people realize, you hey, know, you're in this new space. We want to help you, but kind of help help us to help you. But if we mandate this thing, this kind of have this remnants of, you know, the lost generation. And in, in, I think in Australia, where they kind of take the kids away, yeah, try re-education. to re-education yeah. and all that. So uh, stolen generation, I think. Yeah, stolen yes. generation. So it has that very bad aftertaste. Uh. So I, 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 I'm not for that idea, but I do feel that um, refugees sh- should be aware that, you know what, you're in a new place. Don't be try don't don't be trying to make this like how your home was. Yeah. So but how do we do that? I'm not sure. I'm I'm really not sure. Um I
0: think the I think yeah. what the problem now is right, like for example if you look at once again look at Europe. Europe as a whole for the past five years or so has been fairly progressive in their dealings with refugees or migrants in general. So I think for them, right, like this this law in Denmark now was I think only passed very, very recently. For the longest period of time, they have been trying to so-called have this soft approach in terms of dealing with migrants. Where it's more that they're trying to be as hands-off as possible and just say that, yeah, you know, let's try and respect everyone's culture, so and so forth. And I think that has failed for a number of reasons. Like. I mean one of the reasons just just being that this group of people in general they are. They tend to be more hardline in their thinking. Mm. So, and and for most conservatives, they they tend to be that way. Especially with religious conservatives, like for if you look at myself, like I tend to be quite hardline in in the way that I approach certain things. Like I I'm not the type to say that yeah you know just because I live in your country, I therefore I do things according to how you determine it, it to be. I tend to be an asshole that way i'm not very uh, I'm not a very agreeable person as with as with most conservative people, and then if you were to toss religion into the mix right I think that adds a whole new level of tribalism into the whole mix, and I think that's where the where the powder cake is is, is brewing now, so the whole situation was bad to begin with and now it's been made worse right by this very draconian law that the Danes have imposed I I, I don't agree with this law at all like this law right, just violates fundamentally everything I believe about human rights even though that they believe that this might be a step for, for the betterment of the people within their so-called their citizens and then the, the migrants that's currently in their cities but I mean all it does right it just create more animosity in the long run People, like the, the Danes and, and, and the migrants are just going to hate each other even more, right? Then now we have all these extra resources being spent trying to regulate, trying to enforce these laws, right? I mean, spending 25 hours away from their parents. I mean, who, who's talking all these hours? Somebody has to sit there and, you know, like go and count the number of hours this kid is away from their parents. So then this, this person now, his life, right, he's he, he just... He's one person and he, he got to mine like another twenty-five kids. Like this is his life now. All he's doing is counting hours. The whole thing is like fucking miserable to begin with. The it's just this never-ending cascading series of problems, which I believe shouldn't have happened to begin with. Hence my hardline stance right in terms of not accepting refugees at all. Like that's that's the end of the road. It's not like I'm unsympathetic. It's not like I want these people to die. But if we were to accept them right any soft approach will just be met with uh resistance, and any hard approach will just be met with animosity that, there's no that, there's no middle ground here that there's no way that we can please everybody you see and, and somebody gets fucked over like really really badly see? and for, first and foremost as a nation state you should look after your citizens like that that's I think that's to me the most fundamental
2: I must say that even amongst the um refugee advocates in Singapore, there are two camps. One would say uh, two camps are uh, not really refugee camps, but one would say that um <laughs> they I almost missed <laughs> that pun by <laughs> <way. laughs> the way, way. way. Thanks for pointing <laughs> out um, one would say that we cannot accept and uh, like you know uh, very much like what he said. It we we cannot accept refugees, but we need to be able to make Singaporeans more aware of the refugee situations, more sympathetic. They send cards to Refugee camps, you no know, raise money and you no know, raise awareness. Show films about refugees' issues and all that. So that's one camp. Just
1: not in my backyard.
2: Yeah, just not in my backyard. And they have like really logical, you no know, legitimate reasons for that. And um, and, and there will be another group which wanna say when which is the group that I'm in would be that we should consider bringing them into Singapore. Work a plan out as as a nation together with other nations to solve this problem because doing nothing would do more harm. So that's, that's 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 it I know people who are also working very hard on the ground you know going to KL going to Aceh uh, people going to Bangladesh even people who are going travel as far as Turkey we have collected winter clothes you know, and this is crazy. You know, we, Singaporeans have tons Tropical of winter clothes. Say Singapore, have, Singaporeans have, clothes. yeah, tons of winter clothes. And we tell them, don't need to buy new ones. Whatever you've had, maybe, you know, you've worn for your previous um, holidays or whatever, we went to their homes, collected them, packed them up, put them in container, shipped them away to refugee camps for the Syrian refugees. I mean, Singaporeans do want to get involved. I think there is, there is a sense that, you no know, Singaporeans care enough to help. But of course, a lot of our work deals with like, you know, raising funds, money and stuff like that. But having in our backyard would, I think, be the ultimate test. Again, I think it's not something that we should do just because, you know, they are coming, but it's something we need to work out a system to be efficient in. And why I mentioned the, um, the dormitories and Vern- Mount Vernon and all that is because we've had a history of hosting foreign populations within our borders and we figured out how best to work with them deal with them so if these refugees come we would come up with another formula learning from our experiences honestly i mean that's my pr- aspiration for singapore at the same time also as as, as a human being i feel sorry uh, that i can't be there to help people if i if i was given if i was i don't know courageous enough i was brave enough i would, would love to go to places where i can give the fullest help then, you know, just, yeah, no, instead of just talking about refugees in a podcast with other cats or whatnot, yeah, I would sorry. Rather be going We are so now. ineffectual. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, given the opportunity, I would do more. Yeah. But yeah. again, I would, but it's that aspiration which tells me that, you know what? Maybe if the opportunity knocks on our door, we should do more. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the, one of the more interesting solutions that I've seen, right, to the so-called refugee or, or migrant crisis, I can't remember which country it was. I think it's Hungary. So what they did was, instead of putting the fences around exactly where the borders are, they put the fences like 20 kilometers inwards. So there's this stretch of land, right, that still technically belongs to the country, but...
1: They can just camp there.
0: Yes. So what they did was they built the detention centers in this so-called no-man's land, like just outside of the fences, house the refugees or the migrants inside this...
1: centers (laughs) centers <laughs> that doesn't work for singapore they'll be yeah, by the right. seaside <laughs> but what? The, sea-
0: the, the good thing about this particular solution right is that first of all you so-called fulfill all humanitarian aspects of it because like refugees you're, you're not supposed to leave them in the state that where they, they come in from i mean you're just exposing them to to murderous soldiers or whatever right so having them inside your borders would require the other side to declare an act of war and then you can just fire back on them so it sort of keeps the, these people safe but you also sort of insulate them from the rest of the population until you can figure out what to do with them and this also has an extra, be- uh, extra uh, benefit right of weeding out the non-refugee population in that group because if they were economic migrants they will not bother to stay in there they will want to shift like move out of their place Because being helped in these kind of places, right, you're just sort of doing nothing. And if you're an economic migrant, right, you still want to send money back to your home country and so on and so forth, right? You still want to make a better life for yourself. They will just practice shit, I'm getting out of here, then they will hop on to some other places. The refugees, right, they will say, okay, I'm really fleeing for my life. I would want to go back to my home country once it's safe and stable, then I'm okay to just stay here and receive help and aid. So that's a more or less... Not so elegant solution that some countries have adopted, which it's I think. It's actually
1: pretty fucking brilliant though.
0: Yeah, I, in Singapore it's a bit different because we're sort of surrounded by ocean, so we can stop the boats. But when you're living in a country that's just surrounded by land masses, then what what do you do when all these people come knocking on your door? You can't really, you can't really take the boot and shove them away, right? You just, there's just this whole bunch of them, what are you gonna do? Normally, if you were to not accept these people in, on the international stage, you just look like a fucking prick.
1: Well, I think like one of the most uncomfortable thing for me in this episode is just facing my own selfishness. You know, I think a lot of my wanting to help the refugees is that if I ever face a situation where I need to be a refugee, I hope someone would take me in. But also, like as a citizen, you know, you're like, okay, well, we'll we take them in, and then what? I think it's it's not so much taking them in; it's really the and then what that kind of has me has me like not. Quite sure what my stand is. So, for example, if you tell me there's someone in the sea right now and there's a baby, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, please let them in. But when numbers hit a critical mass and we are trying to integrate them into society, my feelings might change on on that matter as well. So, uh, yeah, just yeah, yeah, it's hard to be honest about this, but I, yeah. I wanna uh, throw I wanna I wanna,
2: I wanna throw a curveball at like this, and um, I mean, I would say that not all refugees. Uh, good also are not deserving of yep. help also so I mean I know this goes against my whole idea of like you know I need to give them space but um, because of that I think giving them or giving them space or like somewhere they can be vis-a-vis you know whatever corporations we can get from the international uh, community would actually stop more bad things from happening so right now we have reports from the Rohingya camps where there's high rates of rape and, and sexual assault yep, yep. because, you know, they're just hanging around and they don't know what to do and stuff like that. So, the, the way I see it is that if I, between, between it's, it's I mean, I know, I mean, for me, it's quite clear cut is that if I do nothing, they're already in a bad situation, more thing, bad things would happen to them. If we give them, like, half-ass solution where they go somewhere where someone do, cannot take care of them, then they get into a worse state because, you know, then they would be... Yeah, all these states and stuff. It just was for everybody. Exactly. Point, so, yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then if we take like maybe, um, I know Australia have been ha- um, having a lot of refugees for many years and stuff like that. And now even the stance is changing, assimilating and all that. You no, know, again, a lot of issues. I think there's no one solution, but if we were looking at it from the flip side, like what good can we do? And then measure it by the good that we can achieve. Then I think having them. In Singapore, can do a lot more good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had this really... Yeah. Well, I was thinking of this uh problem, right? I had this very pragmatic Singaporean voice in my head. It just says, like, why don't we just vet them, you know? Like, people who used to be doctors or lawyers... or oh whatever blah. blah, blah. Right, we'll let right, them in, right. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like we don't need the help. They used to be nurses. We can just totally integrate them into our service centres. No problem, right? I mean, yes, they would need to learn a bit of English, but that's not that terribly hard. And... Well, if they are just, like, refs, then we can just leave them to die, I don't la.
0: think it's just a little bit of English. I think they need to point to a bone and be able to name that bone in the whatever medical language that they're using. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: but I mean, like, g- given the fact that out of the whole entire population, if you're only taking in the elite or, like, the people who are gainfully employed, y- you narrow the numbers down and you're still helping them come out somewhat. And you're also helping Singapore. Be it, maybe they need to take, like, one or two years to integrate. But at, at least there's, like, a further... Integration into the larger society and them being gainfully employed, like, basically. I'll I think that's
0: painfully naive, though. I think it is totally. That. Yeah. That's
1: like my ideal situation in the utopia, of course.
3: Can I can I uh, attempt some some light heartedness? Because <laughs> I feel like Please very do. down already. <laughs> Please do. It's
1: a very depressing episode.
3: So okay, for this particular situation, I need you guys to role play as two people. Usually, you role play as one person, right? So now I need to role play as two people. Okay. Now, right now, there exists this technology. It's a cryogenic chamber of sorts, right? That is solar powered. Maybe a bit expensive to build, but no problem. Once you are you've built it, it's good. It won't draw any resources or what that that you know will come after that. Okay, imagine a cryopod that is powered by powered by sun. Okay, so now right now you are the head honcho of Singapore. Right? You are Lee Lee XX. Okay. <laughs> The great great grandson of what, of Lee Xiang? Lee Okay. Do you just lick your shoulder dead <laughs> <now>? <laughs> Yes. It's for luck. It's for, oh, okay. yeah, it's for luck. Okay, so right now, right, um, okay, a bunch of, there's a terrifying war that's happening in, in, in a neighboring country and you're flooded with, and you know, we are flooded with refugees. But uh, your lead scientist from Tomasic Holdings or from fucking DSTA has proposed to you that we build these cryo chambers and put them on fucking St. John's Island, and because they are cryo chambers, they are very compact. You can build them in stacks, like in car parks. You know, you can accept. Okay, John, whatever critical mass you are referring to, no problem. We can accept. I mean
1: kind of like is okay. it the Matrix where all the people?
3: Are yes, it's like that. It's exactly like that. You know what? It's exactly like that. Which episode of Black Mirror is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Let's let, let's point. Okay, let's 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 consider this. Okay, you. Yeah. Okay, deep down inside, you want you want to have your cake and eat it. You want to Best thing for these people, but you also don't want to trouble your own citizens, right? Which is why the conundrum we are all struggling with. So right now, okay, as a the head honcho of uh, of Singapore, what you do is you tell them, okay, you guys come to our facility, you enter the cryo port and you just pss, and you just sleep there forever until your country suka suka steady already. Then we send you send you back. Okay, you will consume no resources, you will no integration, you just wait. But you wouldn't know you are waiting because you are asleep. Okay, so you you as a government, you as the head honcho, would you? Would you implement this scheme? That's the first person you must role play. As the second, the second person you must role play is that, that you are a person from that de- the destroyed country through through a mix of famine, war. Okay, you are you, there's no way you can stay and fight. You are just fucked. No matter what, you're just fucked. You have to come to Singapore. Would you accept the cryopod agreement with the Singapore government? You come in. You you have you you there's no condition that we specify. You know, you just go in. We 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 will make sure you are safe and everything. You know, it's safe. It's cool. It's cool. But we will only let you out once everything is in your country is good. Then you can go back.
1: So saw question. Question one is your clar- role playing. Clarify as clarify, yeah. uh, No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not role playing yet. Um, okay. But just to clarify, yes. like, so this cryo technology is already tested and proven. It's to tested. Be safe, it's proven. It's safe. La- it's good.
3: Yeah. Your 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 great grandfather Lee XX has already used it already. He tried to stay alive for a while, and he funded the research. It was cool. It was cool.
1: <laughs> and then all the blood infusion. Well, <laughs> what am I talking about? Okay, anyways. And this doesn't cost taxpayers money. It
3: costs for the beginning. You must okay. pay to build it. But after you build it, it's good. So for one time in your country, you must rally the, Why don't you the people to first? for huh? well, uh, I was hoping to go last.
0: Uh, the answers okay. uh, no and no. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I would say no as the, the, the leader of Singapore. But if, let's say, the leader of Singapore says yes, as someone from another country, I would purposefully start a civil war <laughs> so fun. that <laughs> I can live for like, you know, I, I can for live UBSC. longer. Yeah, yeah, but but I would wake up in another like century or whatever. I, uh, technically, I'm like extending my life. What
1: if the civil war just ends yes, in
2: a few yes, years? Yes, yeah. years. Yeah. And like, right, you know, what right, I, right, I, right, right right if it's just, right, just yeah, a few yeah,
0: years yeah, of yeah. civil but, war? But I mean, exactly. I, think I extended my like, life like for a few years. If we were to, like based on this technology, if we were to accept Korean war refugees, they'll be in there for like, for well, I mean, still like, now, yeah, like 50-60
3: like just... years, right? Be... But you get to decide. You as the government get to decide They're when. They're
0: still
1: at war. They're
0: still well, at war. Well, technically tec-
1: they've kind of like stepped.
3: Yeah, but they've got like K-pop stars now, so it's all cool. So <laughs> I'm talking about when it's all yeah. cool. I'm not saying yeah. So basically, when I'm like, when you when you decide as the government decide that you're ready to send them back, you can send them back.
0: Yeah, I know, but then you see, uh, so as the citizen, right? Then I'm just like, fucking hell! Only when you decide, then I get to wake up. Uh. Then, then you want to die, I uh, see. I'll find another way I'll survive okay, in some okay, other okay, manner okay, okay, then okay, this is okay. I'm either putting my destiny in someone else's hand or in my own hands you see? Yeah. and then as for the as for being the the government the head hunter right once again I let these guys in suddenly right I'm going to need to build like 20 more cryo facilities as more people starts flooding into my country demanding cryotech benefits right and then what am I, what am I going to do after that am I going to keep building until Until my country runs out of resources or what?
2: He said something which kind of struck, kind of make me think. He said that I would rather be in charge of my destiny than like someone else. But I think that could be the sentiment that most refugees leaving their countries is like feeling. Like they're, they're Usually they leave because they feel like they're at the mercy of someone else, be it famine or you no know, situational problems, or the fact that you no know, there's civil war, you no know, destruction happening in their countries. So because they feel like they, they they wanna feel in the they wanna have that degree of autonomy like, you know, to decide for themselves. So if you go into another country and then you're imposed with like all these sanctions, gotta your kids gotta go away for like twenty five hours a week and all that, I think naturally they would rebel yeah, knowing that, I think giving refugees some degree to of agency to decide what they want to do with their lives to some extent might might be even useful. So yeah, going into a cryogenics may not be the best thing. But yeah. there's
3: no harm to you at all. The moment that the chamber comes out, you are, you are still as you are. There's no harm to your body, no harm to your skills.
2: You can still continue to go back to your country and ply your own trade and re- rebuild your life. No, but too much uncertainty, yeah. Uh. Like, okay. you know, putting my life in someone else's was head Okay. A power
1: outage, you all die.
2: <laughs> except, okay. except. Okay. If I really am like, you know, I've, have, I've have cancer and I just want to live extra few more years, <laughs> then I'll just uh, start I mean, a civil war and, know, like, and wait okay. to maybe a few more years once I'm out, someone already found a cure for cancer. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But okay. I think why I'm saying that is I say that, that, that solution might be misused. Right,
3: right, yeah. right,
2: right. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: How about you, Angie?
1: Another question, now. Uh. <laughs> I have so many
3: questions. <laughs> okay, one by one. Now you how, are the government. How can developed is not.
1: the cryotech at this point? It is point. super developed. It is good. So, like, to the point where it's cheap to build? It is
3: not cheap to build. I'm sorry. There has to be a sacrifice for everything. It's not cheap to build. Well, in the you, case, have to reall- you have to use, like, a big... Fo-
1: Look, uh, yeah, if I'm the Singaporean build. government and I had to build, like, this super expensive, like, super high-tech shit for... Uh, refugees are I'll be like why would I do it because it's a one
3: shot cost though it's a one shot yeah, yeah
1: yeah but look at this look at it this way if I build it for rich people
3: which people are already using it it's, it's cool oh I yeah, build cool. it
1: for like affluent people who have no means to use it uh, and I let them you know uh, cryo themselves for a few years while they are for example like what Saifu said waiting for a cure for cancer I could make money off that shit man so why would I build it for refugees so my answer is building it for refugees no Sorry, because I'm the government. and, then, um, and if you can were... be a
3: sympathetic and compassionate and benevolent <laughs> government. You don't have to role-play as the government that it is now. <laughs> you role-play as you, Angie, being the oh, leader. My,
1: I feel like after I start doing D&D, right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to, I'm just like so into the whole character thing. <laughs> I cannot be myself.
0: Angie has never
3: been sympathetic <laughs> <for> <laughs> time, oh, I mean, or... I believe in the goodness in Angie's heart.
1: Don't look at me like that then. <laughs> it's very stressful. <laughs> There's no such thing as my heart. Okay. It's a cold black That's no void. There's no such thing as goodness. Okay. There okay. Is, <laughs> it is a there is a cold black void where the heart is uh. supposed to be. But I, I I even even as myself, I don't think building a cryogenic um, chambers is the way to go. If as a government, okay, like you're not asking me for solutions, but never mind. And as a citizen of of a country that that I'm like fleeing war and famine, I don't think I would want to be in a cryo chamber e- as well because a like John mentioned, you are at the mercy of the government, and at any point in time that the government decides, you have to go back. Right? Like when they decide, oh, okay, you you know, uh, we think this war is ended, and they are like, okay, now we can go back. Uh, like that might not be a decision you want to make. So I don't think I, as a citizen, would go yeah, in it there as so well.
0: Go back too late or too early. Uh, yeah, both equally it, yeah. disastrous. It's like you
1: wasted a few years sleeping, yeah. and then you. For example, if it's too late, you know, all uh, like everything has been destroyed, and like you know, you're the one who has to like freaking rebuild that shit, which is actually kind of fine. But like, if it's too early, they're like, hey, okay, well, they just signed the treaty, but you know, wars are still going on in the cities and whatnot. Then you're going back back to exactly what you tried to leave la, Basically, so because you are not the one deciding, if you gave me the option How to can decide, you be the one
3: deciding? You are asleep, so of course you have to give the agency to somebody else.
1: Yeah. So, therefore. Yeah, based,
0: like, on
3: scenario, the no yeah,
1: based on your scenario, the answer
0: is no. Yeah, okay, based on your scenario, the answer is no. So, the answer is no, no. No, no, right? No, no. Then, wrong. <laughs> right, yes, at this point of time, yes, yes, I'm, yes. I'm just feeling
3: incredibly depressed. Because, you know, Saifu, just now, when, when John was positing this conundrum to you, your, your solution to the answer is systems, efficiency, uh, ingenuity, innovation, right? I mean, th- that, that is the core of what you are trying to say, right? So, for me, it's technology. What magical thing, because technology is magic, right? What technological thing can you do to balance it out, to solve the problem? Even after coming up with a Black Mirror style technology, which is something that may or may not exist, do you know what I mean? Like It's on the boundaries of realism. It's not unrealistic. It's not entirely I magical. I can't after, even solve the
1: problem.
0: I don't know what Saifu is after his technology.
3: No, no, no. Not him, not him. I'm talking about me. Yeah. Me, yeah. But For, Saifu mean, is systems. Yeah. That's but how wait, you want to solve the problem. Is your yes, yes. <laughs> My answer is yes, yes, law. Because I mean I believe in the solution. You know why would I posit it? I thought that it would be great. Uh, a benevolent then and a bene and a Dan refugee who believes in the benevolence of the Dan dictator. But that's because I know who I am and I know me. Yeah. But then I, again, of course, if if it's a different person, I I cannot vouch huh? So anyway, I'll just say yes, yes, for the for the sake of the argument. But yeah, I'm just very depressed, law, because like, technology, that, okay. Then right now, I posit you're a hypothetical, uh, oh, what magical technology can you propose to, to solve this problem so that people won't be oppressed, but people, people won't
2: die at sea? Then
3: what, what can you come up with? You cannot come up with anything also. No, I think
2: if, honestly, if I had to choose, like, a real, like, te- magical technology, it is how we can come up with instant cities. Like, for example, there are places in the world which is unpopulated. Like, you know, like, really open land, whatever nonsense and stuff like that. You guys are
1: not thinking, like, solving the root of the problem, though. Oh, of course, if (laughs)
2: you could solve the root of the
3: problem, we could. I mean, if you really Lobotomize the human race. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if She's talking about, let's say, if Syria has war, you don't accept Syrian refugees. You go into Syria (laughs) and and, and unfuck the situation.
0: what she's talking about, right, is the savage nature of the human condition. Yes, exactly. So, if you lobotomize everyone, everyone is a fucking walking zombie-
2: no one's violent against each other solve all wars no exactly. more refugees thank you
1: John for explaining but my there's some,
2: there some refugees which are due to the environment so we have people from Africa which like you know of course they I mean they, there's governments that don't work that it well it still so. works
0: because if you're a lobotomized zombie you wouldn't <laughs> care about <a> tsunami <laughs> that's about to hit your face
2: <laughs> it, you all say well,
3: oh, people Dutch oppressing people Chiba, you want to lobotomize people why isn't that wait, even wait, worse wait, uh, um,
0: I don't want to lobotomize people Angie wants he's to people he's just <laughs>
1: explaining my stance Okay. And, no, I'm not saying that you lobotomize people but I'm just saying that if you had a magical technology just fucking okay. make a cap to put on people's head and make them think only good thoughts you know and do good things <laughs> then everybody will be happy and you won't have a magi- that's what I meant by like magical technology I think
0: if I have that technology I'll make everybody wear it except for myself same same
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like the only
0: fucking guys, guys we, we
3: gotta keep it black mirror okay it has oh, to yeah. be like somewhat believable <laughs> But actually, no, that's actually, kind of believable, right? Because you no, can no,
1: I mean, or like, okay, f- so I mean, it doesn't quite apply for um countries where technology is not as widespread. But like you know, China is doing the social rating thing, and you are kind of forced to be a good citizen; otherwise, you your benefits or uh, to certain things get removed. And I think those things, it, as black mirror or like you know, fucked up as it is. I don't know how I feel about this.
3: Saifu, um, okay, sorry to to interrupt you, but Saifu, your, your instant city's magical technology hypothesis, right, will only work if your instant city, you're not specifically just referring to city as a space. Do you know what I'm talking about? If your instant city you know, it cannot just cater to things like space. It also has to cater to things like quality of life, whether the refugees are there are, are educated, whether they they can work and and live and thrive, and you know, it, like it's an economy they can form in this so-called instant city. Basically, this is a thing that is like building another mini mini nation, a mini town, a mini. Do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it cannot just be like oh instant city, oh I I, I magically make uh, uh uh houses appear. Like space will not. Space alone will not solve the problem because people still need stuff to do. Send yeah.
2: them off to Mars. <laughs> no, honestly I think I, I mean you're you're honestly. right. It's not only a matter of like infrastructure. There will be like, you know, relationships, people and all that. The way the way I look at it, like this whole migration, trans border migration will only get worse. And um, now we are talking about wars, civil wars, or even famine and stuff like that. Even like, you know, um, but there would be other problems in the pipeline. And, and, mean, climate change will, uh, um, would change, make some place inhabitable. You no, know, like people can't stay there anymore. These people would have to move also. You know, populations would have to move. So if we don't come up with a way to solve the current problem that we have now, then these new problems will ar- 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 arise and these people will be moving away, not because they are fearful of someone, yeah. but because the place they used to live just is, they can't live there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, water levels are too high or. Yeah, yeah I get what you're trying that. to say. Like, yeah. it's true. No fault of their own. I, I exactly. I know, yeah, so, yeah. so if we don't come up with this attitude of allowing, um, this, like, migration of people, um, now as a, as a global community, then, when the next round of like all these problems come around for many other different reasons, then we're going to stick by, like, you know, like you no, know, no, no one inside, somebody else's problem, go somewhere else. And then I think we're not ready to face the challenges of what might happen next. Sir. Shall we
3: let Saifu have the last word in this podcast? Because what he says just yes. kind of makes sense. We have to, do yeah. You, do
1: you want to close it for us? Saifu? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to Lokang Kitis for uh, for having me over. We always um, love having you here. Thank you, yeah. Saifo for coming yes. over. Thanks for yeah, coming. Yeah, I'm always an expert. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, I'm personally not directly involved with the refugees, but i I mean, I do help organizations um, and and friends who are in in the thing. And and I really like the fact that the way you are looking at it is that the, the different perspectives and. Positing even you no know, radical ideas and all that. I I think it, that's 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 something that we are not doing enough lah. I I hope people who ever listens to this will realize that you know there's so much more about the refugee issues than just having people over. And yeah, I I feel welcomed, and I hope that refugees can feel welcomed. <laughs> oh. <Okay. Yeah. laughs> All right. Yeah, thank so you very so. much. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: as usual, please uh, chip in and fill in our comments section on Facebook and on SoundCloud. Please tell us uh, which
1: camp you belong which to. Camp you
3: belong to, to. Uh, yeah. Whether you accept the, <laughs> the, the cryo, the cryo <laughs> solution, or if you are one of those people who is actively in work with uh, refugee uh, solutions in Singapore, please also put in your show your two cents and scold us, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as we, we hear from you. Okay, so we'll see you guys uh, back at the next episode.